Yo, this is Tim, and welcome to today's episode of the Live Your Freedom podcast. Today is a very special episode, and I have a very, very special guest, uh, possibly the most special guest that I've ever had or ever will have on this podcast. Today's guest is none other than Ramon Ray, my dad, my hero, my mentor, the incredible and one and only um, father of Timothy Ray. So there's a lot, actually, that we dived into here. We talked about relationships. We talked about his advice for me in my own relationship and in my future going forward as I get married, as I pursue this path of growing with someone. We talked about his journey as a business owner, and he's a guy who went from having a 9 to 5 working for a boss I, I kind of joked about it in the podcast, being owned by the system, and then he went to being on his own and running a full-fledged, full multiple six-figure company um, and selling companies along the way. He's an author. He is a speaker. He is a event producer. He is a show host. He's a podcaster. He fulfills many hats, all driving towards one common goal, which is his mission to give back and help others. So here we talk about entrepreneurship, about relationships, about being in the black community, about marriage, about faith, about God. And then we kind of end it all with this this kind of advice to me that I think a lot of you guys can can take and you can grow. So my dad's on this podcast. He's my greatest mentor, my greatest inspiration, and I'm so happy that I could actually interview him. I think that he's someone that you guys could just learn an incredible, incredible amount for about from because he's done so much and he's still on that journey. This is a really high energy interview. He's a very high energy guy. You can just Google his name, Ramon Ray, R-A-M-O-N-R-A-Y, or go to his website, smarthustle.com. Check out all he has there. Sign up on his, I believe it's his email list or his VIP list, and you can get him talking to you directly in your inbox if you want to just hear some of the things that he's sharing and some of the things that he's doing in his life. But this is a really, really good one, and I'm really, really excited for it. We're going to crack into the music right now. It's by... Kiran Freer, an artist that I connected with recently, so you can check his stuff out. There'll be a link to his music in the description. I really love this song, and I think we'll keep it as the intro for the podcast for a while. There's some really cool things and some really cool changes that I'm going to be making to the podcast coming up, actually, where I can get you guys, you the listeners, as we're starting to grow. We're starting to get into hundreds of people listening now. It grew really fast, but what I want to do is actually bring you guys on board and make it more collaborative where I'm not just ranting and podcasting and interviewing people, but I want you guys to be part of this. We'll have some kind of special bonuses or call-ins where you guys can actually join me on the podcast and learn from me directly or learn from others. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I will talk to you guys on the podcast where we interview my dad, the one and only Ramon Ray. I'll see you guys in a second. Dad, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you today? Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> I don't I know. I, I feel good. That's awesome. I don't. I feel really weird doing this interview because, like, you're my dad, so I don't know how to make this happen. But we're gonna crush it, and we're gonna. It's gonna be awesome. There's a lot of. A lot of stuff I actually want to talk to you about because cool. you're probably the, the human being in the world that I've learned from the most about, I guess, everything that there is to learn about. So having you on this is is awesome. Well, it's an honor to be here. It's uh, I'm not quite cheering up, but it's an honor to uh, have a son, a little boy, a baby, and then grow up and be a man and uh, jam with him on his own community, his own show, his own thing. So I'm proud of it on behalf of your mother, proud of it. And, uh, and just uh, honored to be here and talk business and life. So yeah, let's do this. I'm, I'm excited, oh man. So I think the first thing I want to ask you 
that just actually for everyone else out there, because this is the first time that I'm doing something public and live with you. And I've talked about you in a lot of my content back when I was, you know, teaching all the horrible dating stuff that I'm not proud of. And now that I'm teaching more of the, like the masculine confidence and, you know, talking about brand and business and things like that, everyone always asks, like, tell us about your dad. Like, who is your dad and how has he influenced you? So the biggest thing I want to ask you to start off with is what is it that you do? Because I never know what to tell people. I'm like, he's an entrepreneur. He's written books. And I'm going to do a little intro for you at the beginning of the podcast talking about that. But from your own words, what is it that you do? Sure. I think uh, I'll answer it in a few different ways, and you can help me distill that better. But my biggest revenue driver uh, that I do is to provide inspiration uh, and a bit of entertainment to people, to business owners in particular. My core audience are business owners, in particular very small business owners from one to 10 employees, give or take. So providing inspiration to them, bit of inf- a bit of entertainment, and information to help them grow their business. That's my what I do. Who pays me to do that in large part are large brands mm. who want me to represent their brand in short term for like one hour, for sure. two hours on a Twitter chat, on a webinar, at a live event to, to represent them to their customers or to my own audience. So, I, and most people would say then that it means I'm a speaker, okay. I'm an event producer, a writer, uh, event host, mm. uh, uh, and et cetera. And then, so that's the Ramon Ray brand, uh, Ramon itself. And then of course, as you know, I have Smart Hustle Media, my agency, and there we provide con- custom content uh, to our community and beyond, sponsored by these same brands. Mm. Okay, cool. And I think that that also brings in a lot of hats. And me and you have talked about this before, talking about like my business structure and being instead of a hustler, being someone who is mm-hmm. a business owner. Um, and I've seen you do this. Like you have a lot of systems in place where you can really you know, have multiple streams of income within your business, whether it's events and sponsorships or, you know, speaking gigs or like, like hosting podcasts, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting how you, how you've built that. And for me, what kind of inspires me is specifically as a black entrepreneur. And maybe this was subconscious and I never appreciated it because I just grew up around it, you know, going to your events, speaking mm-hmm. with, people that you were around, seeing you being on stage and being a black entrepreneur and being someone who was like me as a role model, let me see that I can be in these intimidating environments and oftentimes work with people that are more older than me or quote unquote higher status than me, supposedly. Do you at all Mm -hmm. see a responsibility or like a a difference in yourself that maybe like an extra pressure on you? Like I actually have to do better because I am a black man. So Mm -hmm. I do want to present myself as someone who is repping, I guess, the culture as our friend Joshua Johnson calls it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure. Shout out to Josh. So I think I'll answer that in two ways. And if I say that too many times, I'll answer that in two ways or four ways. Just let me know. No, but I think, okay, two, two ways I have to answer that. I think one is that in as being almost 50 years old, been speaking for about 20-something years, speaking, I can remember my, my memory for that, Tim, is as, as you've been a, a baby, a child, a little boy playing with cars under a chair mm. at SCORE, 26 Federal Plaza. You may not even remember that, but that's kind of my benchmark how long I've been speaking. But the point is, I've never seen myself as a black entrepreneur, mm. never seen myself like it, until recently been more aware of it. Mm. And again, we all have different paths, different journey. You as a grown man, you've had different paths than I have even. You experiences internationally. Even though I've traveled, you've done it a lot more. So point being, what I'm trying to say is, historically, I've never seen myself in that. As you know, grew up in Ohio, mostly white people in, in the town, but I was just another guy. My best friend was a white guy. He's now a newscaster, a weatherman in Tennessee. Shout out to Tom. Wow. So what I'm trying to get that those recent days, 
Yes, I don't mean weeks. What I mean is over the years, I'm realizing, to your point, as blacks, we have historically had a big gap due to Jim, forget slavery, due to Jim Crow laws and et cetera, that have put us behind our white American counterparts, you know, in reading and things of the 60s and 70s and 50s. Sure. So I think that I do have an obligation and I'm more attuned, things like Black Enterprise, my, my relationship with Hello Alice, uh, focused on what, they, what, what we term as the new majority of entrepreneurs. Right. For some reason, Tim, over the last few years, I've been more aware of, there's this disparity, yes, but we can all still be humans and appreciate one another. And as a black man, I happen to be, what can I do to kind of give a little nudge or nod or be more cognizant and open eyes to the black community and help those others who may have it a little more difficult than me. So right. let me know if that was a confusing answer, but I'm, what I'm trying to do is bridge the gap no, between makes sense. where I've been, okay, good, where I've been, but then between how I'm thinking more open-minded now, if that makes sense. Sure, I wanna dive into that more. I wanna kind of explore that a little bit. You said being a role model or an inspiration to the black community. And I know mm -hmm. that there's guys that you've mentored and, and you've another hat you've taken on, aside from being a dad, mm -hmm. being a business owner, entrepreneur, um, you've also taken on that role of, of being a mentor. And, and I know you, <laughs> you don't like the word mentor. I think you kind of do, but you don't like saying like it's structured mentorships. You know, the way I do, I monetize that. Right, I'm like, right. pay me for mentorship. That's not your thing. Mm -hmm. But as a mentor, why have, or, or where did that begin? Because I know for, for a fact, I think when I was younger, I didn't really see you fulfill that role when you were probably like 35, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's the earliest time I can remember you being you, you know, earlier than that, I remember you being my dad, of course, but I didn't really have a picture of your personality, but I didn't remember you being like that until recent times where you've really begun to reach out to others, even like me, like you've actively, proactively, you know, sending me the message in the morning, mm -hmm. Tim, how can I help you? Where did that shift start to come from? Like, why did this start to happen? I think one, our mutual, uh, we'll call this person spiritual advisor, you know, protect confidentiality and whatever they want to do, but Unbu, our, our mutual uh, friend yeah. in different ways. He's my friend, you're another mentor of yours and faith leader, whatever you want to call him. Point being is that I think it started with Umbu to a degree. Um, as you know, uh, my church has a program uh, for young adults mm -hmm. uh, called YAR. And I think in that community, in some way, shape or form, I realized none of this would be here mm. if it wasn't for people who've, who've built the path or people before me who've made it happen so I can be there as a young man. Sure, sure. Now that I'm older, 50 years old, give or take, I have a few more years to go, but 50 years old or take, give or take, I, um, I'm seeing more and more, Tim, it would be selfish of me to not now take that mantle. I still want to have fun. I still feel great. I love messing around, love movies, love hitting, wrestling, you know, all that. I love being stupid, no problem. But on the other hand, I see an obligation, Tim, to help, to reach out, to mentor, to make sure programs I've had can continue because it'd be selfish of me. Somebody sacrificed for me. Somebody called me. Mm -hmm. Pastor Idaway in my life. You know Pastor Idaway. He's called me. Others who are not even pastors, but just friends. I have a friend named Yaakov. He calls me up, Ramon, how are you? Right. So there's a number of people I have to check up on me. How are you, Ramon? And they don't always have to be younger. They don't always have to be older than you. I have an obligation. So I think, Tim, that's how I started this shift towards, and I don't do it now just because of, you know, our, our church activities or because of our uh, um, whatever. Now it's in my DNA heart. As you know, I have this thing called Kit, Keep in Touch, mm -hmm. about 22 guys, girls I say hi to once in a while, but because I'm a guy, they're a girl. I, you know, that relationship dynamics, which you're an expert in, I don't push too much just for sure, my sure. own sake. Of course. But in generally speaking, there's guys once a week, twice a week, WhatsApp message, voicemail. And you know me, Tim. 
I'm not going to be on the phone that long. Meaning I don't mind it, but I'm not going to probably call. Yeah, and have not, an hour like, you're not sharing story after story after story. Yeah, but you know, unless there's a specific point or need. Sure. But just to know that I care about you, bro, and how are you? And then oftentimes, hey, Ramon, listen, I got a question about this. Ramon, listen, I need help in my marriage. Ramon, listen, my business is tanking. Then, of course, I'm all there. Mm. But for me, it's let me just get on WhatsApp, hit that little voice button, 10 seconds, say, listen, Tim, I love you, man. How are you? Do you got food? You got clothing? How's your wife? How's your lady? How's whatever? How's your how's your husband? Well, of course, not husband for a lady, but you get my point. Sure. How sure. how is these things happening? So that's what it's about. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, and I think that part of mentorship, at least as I see it, is, I mean, I I, I feel weird sometimes because a lot of the guys that I work with, as you know, are are older than me. Um, and sure. there's so many things that I could learn from them about business or finances or just like you know, other areas of life. But when it comes to like mm -hmm. the dating stuff or like mindset stuff, I, I often help people there. But I sure. think that being a mentor or, or being someone who's just giving back value to people around you is something you can start from an early age. And it's something that I like to teach a lot of my, my clients. Mm -hmm. And me and you have talked about this in different ways, sometimes kind of disagreeing about the levels or sometimes <laughs> agreeing on, yeah, this is all, it's great. Um, right. I think giving back is not something that you have to wait to do to like, till you're in the right place to contribute. I think it can start small. I mean, you even taught me that forcing me into like, I mean, thinking back, I still, I still kind of hated it, honestly, but like helping out <laughs> after church with the right, homeless right, right. or like picking up chairs afterwards, even though maybe I didn't mm -hmm. accept those things in the moment. These are things that I try to bring into my relationship and help you know, Esther do with yes. me or things that I want mm -hmm. to do with friends of mine. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, I want to ask you, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's powerful and everybody can do it. I mean, you're right. I think it starts with the small things. That's, as you said, it's not directly mentorship, but mm -hmm. I think just that, that, that spirit, that ability, that uh, attitude, character of helpfulness and everybody's different. You know, I get it, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but that sure. is me for some reason. That's my DNA. Something falls, something needs help, there's dirty dishes, you know, a, a police officer, a janitation guy, whoever it is, that's just me. I like to help, and I don't focus on the family. In fact, had a whole, uh, they did a, a podcast or something called, a, uh, not leadership, but about like an attitude of helps. There's just something right. in people. And I'm not touting myself. Uh, you know, my, my wife, for example, she's much better, more thoughtful at, at pausing and thinking through things. That's yes. her gift. Me, I like, I just like help, helping. Mm. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think that a lot of that you probably also got from grandma. Cause I remember you talked about it, like her, <laughs> her being in the church and a kind of observing and making sure things were taken care of. And I want to shift mm -hmm. conversations. I want to go back to business a bit later, actually, but sure. really quick, I just had this thought and I wanted to ask you in front of my audience who, who is mostly men because a lot of actually not mostly on Spotify. If I look at the stats of the podcast, it's all guys. It's like 100 percent men. Right. Eventually, I'm sure girls will find it and join on. But for now, it's men. And as men, a lot of a lot of guys will end up being fathers and dads. And your parents had a significant role in, in your life. I know. Um, and you've had a significant role in my life. And that's still going on. We're, you know, it's still we're right. still learning from that. What do you think is your responsibility as a man to your family, and then the second part of that would be specifically as a father. Um, and I don't know if you want to add anything in, like what it, what was it like, I guess, raising me and seeing me kind mm -hmm. of go through the pitfalls of moving away from the values I had been brought up with, then kind of going back towards them and just kind of seeing me and Cher um, kind of grow up. What what has that responsibility or that journey been like for you? Yeah, um, 
it depends on I'll just be as raw as I can and then you can delete all this and edit it. Nobody over here. But I think for me, <laughs> it's I think one of the things, Tim, I think I've been maybe harder on myself. And I don't so I'm gonna answer this weird because I don't know how to answer it. So you help me unpack it. Where but I remember you? there was the guys a, a following video. are smart. <laughs> okay, there's a video <laughs> of me helping you with your tie. Okay. And mom looked at it and said, What a great father. I was so angry with myself, Tim, because I didn't. I could have been more loving. I could have been more fatherly. And I was so serious when I was teaching it to you. And like, that's not to do it this way, Tim. Not mean at all. But sure. I was looking back and saying, man, that could have been more of a hallmark moment. Like, hey, son. So I don't know. For me, even as I say it, I'm not crying right now, but I feel myself welling up. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, I'm more angry at myself. But again, Tim, and you're kind of into mindset. But I, I must say, if I can go tangentially, then, then people who are listening and you can bring me back. But I guess yeah, no, it, it, it follows a similar path, Tim. I kept hearing that, Ramon, you have so much high energy. When I leave the stage, this is the one thing people say, high energy, high energy, high energy, and informative. And I, as I told you before, I think for years, Tim, I was angry mm -hmm. when people would say this. I come off the stage, they were complimenting me. Lines of people, as you've seen. But I'd always say, as it proverbially, because I've shared the stage with these two people I'm going to talk about right now, but not, you know, we're not buddies, but I've shared the stage. Why can I be more cerebral like Seth Godin? Mm. Why can I be the smart guy like Simon Sinek? Why can I be like Oprah Winfrey? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to be the dumb, I didn't feel this, but the dumb black guy who's just high energy, like people making fun of me. Somebody pulled me aside and said, no, Ramon, that you give. So my point is, Timothy... We, you, we let's talk about it more. You, we can go back into. It. I don't. So I don't yeah. know if I'm answering the question, but I guess one aspect of raising my kids was I look back now, and saying so many opportunities I missed to show more love, be more fatherly. Sure. So that's one. That's one answer I'll give you. Second answer. Can I, I, can can I just that, quickly comment on that? Please. I, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think that in everything in life, though, there's you're going to always look back and say there's opportunities. Like for me, I talked to you about this a little bit right just now before getting onto the mm -hmm. cast. I'm getting into ClickFunnels. And right. I, I'm being real, Dad. Like I probably, if I would have followed kind of combining your advice and then looking sure. at people that were running businesses and not just like mm -hmm. artists like me, if I would have looked at what they were doing, I probably could be making like 250k right now, like for sure. Yes. If I would have just started when I launched my first course, running ClickFunnels and ads, I would and put systems in place, I could have done that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm starting it now, doing things the right way. Um, right. And it wasn't even wrong what I did because I had a lot of things that I was growing in. I mean, I have people listening to a podcast now and paying me mm -hmm. to coach them. So, like, I think there's good and bad, but the good, I, I don't know, the outcome, I think, is what's most important. And, and I don't know what I'm trying to say, but no, I guess Tim, you're don't right. I feel, I, yeah. yeah. No, you know, I appreciate that, Tim. I need to stop doing it because that's another thing. Like you, I get so angry, Tim, as you know, I've started using sometimes, by the way, audience, I don't mention exact names sometimes, just I'm kind of a privacy person, not exactly all the time, but like I'll say, I live in the Northeast. I don't know. It just drilled into me. I don't always say the exact town. Sometimes I do, but it just so people don't think I'm being weird. But I use a financial uh, service application, you know, putting money aside into it. I've told you about it for, yeah. for years now. Yeah. But yeah. I say to myself, Tim, I wish I was doing that years ago. So as you said, on one hand, I should stop beating myself up. Yeah. So, um, but but to, that, to, to go back to your question, it's about mm -hmm. raising, uh, to my family, you asked me being a father, I think. Yeah, so, like um, raising me and, and Cher and kind right. of like what, what that's like and how has that turned out or... What do you sure? And I got you. That experience. So I think the first part I, I I addressed part of that is that I always look back and say I could have been better, could have been more kind, could have been more loving. Uh, even I know we had many good days going to the park. I have a our mutual friend, the Mercados. I have a picture of apple apple picking. We did so much of that. So that's one. Yeah. Um, I think uh, two. I think as a father, Tim, I think I see it in my role. And this is not again in 2020. There's a lot of people who think it's old fashioned, being sexist, whatever it is. But it works for me and my family. 
and me and my wife, the kind of man she wants for our family. Sure. So I see myself, Tim, uh, how we've, at least put it this way, how we've done it mm-hmm. is I've been the protector of the family, I'd like to think. And, and whether it's emotionally or, and physically, we lived in pretty safe places, but I felt that way, the protector of the family. Uh, we, we've been a single breadwinner family. So that's been the bulk of my job, Tim, to make sure in the in the 20 plus years that we've been, you know, or the, especially when you guys were kids, now I have adult kids, but you know what I mean? In the 20 something years you were in our home and yes. chair in our home, your sister, my daughter, to, is there food on the table? That's mm-hmm. one, my biggest job is the food on the table. I think two, is our family leading towards, you know, Tim, I'm a Christian. Um, am, is our, is our, are we, am I leading my family towards uh, a Christian family? Am I leading that? So yes. I think those are two things. And then three, am I supporting my wife? And this is not a, a wife or husband and wife podcast, but my point is that's another big role. Am I making, am I, am I, I failed at it a lot. Right, right. But what am I doing to make her a success? And I say that because then if she's a success, she now is able to date Christmas go well, Thanksgiving go well, balloons for birthday parties, cooking our meals, being the mom, the nurturer that she j- enjoys doing. But if there's no sure, food, sure. I mean, if there's no money coming in and we have no place to live, and the house is in chaos, you know, I'm drinking or something like that, none of that all can happen. Mm-hmm. But if there's, if we have a good place to stay and we got money to, to help others and we got a nice car, we can go, you know what I mean? There's peace at home. Yeah. All the, the stuff that good families like to do, going out, going vacationing, all that can happen. So in, in a long way, what I'm trying to say is I think I've had two or three goals I've tried to have. Money on the, food on the, the table, money yes. coming in, good place to live, a stable family, and being a father to my kids as best I could, taking them out sure. and things like that. And I, I want to ask you something. So for me, you know that my struggle, you know I'm getting married and a lot of the guys who follow me know I'm mm-hmm. getting married. Um, and a big part of my struggle in coming to this place of saying, yes, I want to spend the rest of my life with this woman, as you know, dad, because we talked about this in depth many times. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I think probably may have cried one or two times talking about it mm-hmm. is the responsibility of like being a husband or dad, right? And that's something right. that I'm probably I, predicting going to move into in the next five years, give or take. Let's just predict mm-hmm. that. Maybe maybe happens. Um, how do you, because a lot of the advice that, that I've been giving or have been given through the years and was a part of, which you haven't been on this side of the internet and you know it because you know me and what I've, who I've been around is mm-hmm. like more girls or it's like, dude, you don't want to provide for a woman. Oh, that's taking away from your resources. And I've had this little you know, battle within myself if you've literally seen it play out. And now I'm on the other side of things, closer to your side, not fully there. You know, I'm mm-hmm. still pretty wild, but, I, but I'm mm-hmm. more on the side of I want to build with one person because I see the value in that. When it comes to the actual responsibility, where for you is the joy in that or where do you, and I can see it for myself now, as I told you about off the podcast a while ago, you know, just when we talk, mm-hmm. I still can't visualize it though. And I can't imagine mm-hmm. myself lo- loving this life or, you know, pursuing it the same way I pursued um, the quote unquote, I also call player life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where's the joy for this to you or where do you see I guess fulfillment in this and how does that play out and I guess you could talk to the guys that are watching this because it's not just me yeah. there's so many men who come to me for coaching and they're following you know my former advice or like RSD's advice but really in their hearts I know what I talk to them they just want a girl to love them and to build something with by the time they're 25 30 right so mm. how do, how does that sit with you or where, where does that love come from or how do you in, accept that mission and, and move to that Sure. I think there's a few dimensions, Tim, and I hope uh, you help me unpack this and you're good at going back and getting deeper into things, a few things. I think, one, talking to guys now, 
understand the woman that you're with mm-hmm. and what she wants. That's one. I think of my, uh, I think of a, one of my, um, she's not my friend or colleague, but someone I know and follow, we know each other a bit. Her name is Farnoosh. I think she's on CNBC. She's very focused on women empowerment. I am as well, but meaning women empowerment, women finances, make your own money, et cetera. Now, as you know, in my family, for our home, my wife is a stay-at-home woman, and that's what she wants to do. That's her choice. So it was my job to make money for the family. So I say that in the context of know the woman you're with and what she wants and what you all want together. I think besides God now, that's where it starts. Who's right. the woman you have? That's. I think too then, assuming you agree to that, because if you see, if you don't, step by step, if you don't agree to that, we need to go back then, wrong woman. You, you need to keep going backwards. Sure, but sure. Assuming you agree to that then, great. So, And this is the woman I want and I love. It's pretty simple now. I have to do all I can then to make her happy because I love her and I want to, and I know she wants to make me happy as well mm-hmm. because she's had the same conversation with you and she wants you. So once two people, Tim, are taking two long spoons and feeding each other, or short spoons, a little dumb example, both will eat. Right. Both will eat. When I'm dipping my spoon into the soup, as it were, soup of life, I know you don't like carrots. I, I drop the carrot out of your spoon. You know I do like carrots. Feed me carrots. So I'm trying to say this. So I think it starts there, and that's how you have peace. Now, having said that, we are human. You will go through challenges. Mm-hmm. Your woman will piss you the heck off. She will snore. She will forget this. She will lose her car keys. She, her mother-in-law will be a pain. All these things. And guess what, guys? You too. You're going to be all the same, so I said, the pain too. So now is where it comes through. Are you able to work on these challenges? Are you able to fix it? Sure. Do you still at the core love the woman you're with? Mm. Because things, and I'm addressing now after 10, 20, 30 years of marriage, you know, first year maybe, but things, understanding things will suck. Things will go bad. Yeah. But now you have to go back to the core. Yeah. Do you still want and, and then I would say the last thing, and again, I could probably, if I think about it, talk more, but I think the last thing I'll add to this, Tim, is that um, then now there's respons- being faithful and just responsible. Right. So maybe you guys are pissed off each other for a week. That could happen. Or a month. Or, or the relationship got cold, meaning the lovey fuzzy stuff is just worn out for a period of time, hopefully. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, not hopefully, but for just, it's, it's a period of time only, meaning not forever. Then that's where now the responsibility comes in. That's sure. where you know what? I'm angry at her, but I still have to pay the rent. I'm pissed off at her, but it's her birthday. Let me still buy a gift. I'll leave it on the kitchen table because I'm too angry to talk to her. You know? Sure, sure, sure. Um, we're angry. I still have to take my daughter out for her ice cream cone, yes. if that makes sense. So you're not being a total jerk. Yep, yep. And I'm going to go cheat. Then I'm going to do this. I'm going to do stuff that I would say are on the dark side or on the – it's not unforgivable, but you know, on the really – uh, you know, the other sliding scale of sure. nuclear stuff to do. Yeah. So it does, does that help a little bit make sense? No, it completely makes, it completely makes sense. And two things I want to add to that is I think what you said at the end there really ties into this concept I've been teaching called like masculine leadership. And I think that okay. a, as a man, like it's your responsibility to lead in, in that way to like not control mm-hmm. your emotions and like suppress them. Like being expressive and talking to people is great, right. but I, I, I don't even need to elaborate because what you just said, I think is the example of that in terms of a relationship and a long-term like marriage or building something with someone. And then the other thing I was going to say is just a kind of a comment on you and mom. I won't get too much into it, but you know, I think probably I never, I've never said this to you, but I just thought of it now. I think the reason why you guys 
have done so well together and have been able to help other couples and things is because even though the methods by which you guys go about your missions are different, you're probably more like, I'm going to conquer the world and like build this crazy legacy and, you know, acquire more. And moms Mm -hmm. is more like, I'm going to create and I'm going to be creatively expressive and share and be a nurturer to many people and see who I can touch. Mm -hmm. Right. The mission is still the same. Right. It's a very Mm. proactive mission because I was thinking about this with mom, like while you were saying this stuff. Um, And I've asked you this before. I've said, like, why are you and mom together? (laughs) Like, I I don't (laughs) understand it. Like, you guys are both great. Different, right? Right. Exactly. But but honestly, if you really look at it, the mission you guys have in life isn't so different. Like, it really isn't. It's very still I'm going to give and I'm going to make a physical impact in the world, whether mom did that with starting with me and chair as you know, you guys know I was homeschooled. So she started with Mm -hmm. that. Um, you have done that in your business and now giving back mom is giving back in her own way by helping and touching people, bringing like joy to them with, you know, cookies and gifts and wreaths and all of that stuff. So I just, I think the mission overall is the same thing. I don't know. It's just a thought I had. And one thing about mom, my wife, Timothy, I'll say is that a few things and it may help others. I mean, uh, I think one, I love my wife very much now in our marriage. Could I love her more? Should I love her more? Do I angry her? Do I have a so far away to go and feel bad that I'm not uh, meeting certain things that I know I should be doing, that I know she wants me to do, and that I know God wants me to do? Am I failing in that? Yes. But I love my wife, too. Um, there's no other woman that I want. That I want. Now, let me clarify what I'm saying in that. I don't mean if there was another woman that I wanted that I should cheat on my wife or go with her. But what I'm trying to say is all these things together are important. I love my sure. wife. Glad I married her, too. There's no other woman that I want. Three, another problem that I see in other marriages, and three, something about our marriage, Ronnie's has, my wife has done nothing bad to me, meaning, you know, nothing, you know, these big barrier things that some marriages go through. You have a woman right. who's spending tons of money. She cheated on you. Uh, she's just a bad person, you know, like a bad, just a terrible character. I don't have a wife like that. So my mm. point being, all she's been a great to my children, raising you are well, uh, great to me, caring for me. Um, yes. uh, in our community, she's a rock star. So what I'm trying to say is that all these things together, it helps with stuff I already said. <laughs> and then just talking about right. what makes it easier for me to love my wife. And now to the guys out there who have a wife or, or a woman that you're with that's jacked up and a total moronic idiot. I, I don't know to tell you with that. You got to work through it. Because if people won't listen to him, and now I'm getting off the deep end, so you can pull me back here, but people won't I'm listen. I'm with you, let's go. Mm-hmm. Okay, if people won't listen, if you can't communicate, if, you know, then it, it's it's harder. I, sure, I, that's sure, a longer sure. conversation. But when you can talk, and you're able to sit down and say, listen, I don't like it when you did this. Or listen, mm-hmm. you're spending too much money. My vision is for us to go out of debt. Is that your vision? No, I like debt. I don't care about it. Okay, <laughs> then you keep, you know, so as long as you're talking, and to the men out there, you have, I think, again, this is my version of the world. You do have to change your mindset regarding things like um, uh, going with other women, cheating on your woman, hitting your woman, abusing her, putting her down, talking down to her. Often when you have these type of things, it's because you, the man, someone who hasn't studied this as much, but you, the sure. man, have hurtful issues inside yourself. Mm. This is why I think you hit a woman. This is why you tell your woman you're fat. This is why you tell a woman every day, you don't cook like your mother or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, because sure. you have some issues and or you refuse to just be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I think and I and honestly, because I've never done relationship counseling and right now, that's just not something I'm qualified to do at all because I haven't had experience in 
that much myself. But with the guys that I've talked to have had previous relationships and stuff, I think that for a lot of guys, it's that they're not necessarily conscious of how the other person is feeling. Per yes. se. And I think it's a people thing anyways, not just men. Women, women and men are like this. But for guys, a lot of times it's because they're not conscious per se of how the other person's feeling. But I think when you become aware of your partner's feelings, when you become aware of who the person you're communicating with is feeling, I think that then you can respond in a way that's mutually beneficial for both of you guys, where you guys can grow and things like that. I mean, you know more about that than me because you've been sure with is. mom for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's amazing. What about your journey as an entrepreneur? So I know we started just talking about kind of who you are and, and kind of what your business is, but I know there's like stories you have. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, the story that you always say you're going to cry on where you um, said, yes, I can do the event. Um, and I, I, I talked to all my like friends and people about how you were working in the United Nations. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you left and that was a kind of a monumental moment in your life. And I remember that as a kid, I don't remember exactly everything. I just remember mom not being very happy at the decision, (laughs) but just trusting like that you were passionate enough that it would work something like that. I just remember us being back in the place in Brooklyn. I think we were still in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. And, and you doing that. So what was your journey in kind of building your business? What were the foundations of it? How did, how did this all get started going from a guy who had a nine to five and I guess being like owned by a boss to, um, I guess working on your own terms. Yeah. I mean, thankfully I had a few years of experience that I was building a business while at the UN, which is the reason I, uh, my contract was not extended Whether you. I call it getting fired or resigned, whatever you wish to call it. But sure. so I had a few years, I had built what, two or three businesses at the UN at the time, sold one of them, I think there and et cetera. Uh, so I had some experience being there, but I think the biggest thing I had to, the biggest thing I learned over the next like 30 days, 15 days was I stopped doing two things happened. One, I stopped doing things for free, meaning mm. I still did things for free, but it was, I was, I had to send an invoice to people. I had to get paid to do what I was doing. Sorry. When um, you say next 15 please. to 30 days, when is that? When do you uh, mean? Meaning when I left that Friday, okay. my last day, mm-hmm. I had to go from zero to, I was already at 15, zero to 15. I had right. to go from 15 miles an hour to 150 miles an hour instantaneously. Mm. So do you example, remember that? Like that, that day, what was that like? It was horrific. I was sick in my stomach. I was almost vomited. I just was, uh, it was, it was horrific. I, I, and in fact, Timothy, I have the contract of, from the UN, me getting fired about two feet from me. I keep it right by my feet. So it's wow. right in a box right next to me. Um, so it was horrific. It was, it was, but on the other hand, so one, I had to go from, I was already at 15. If people get the analogy, zero to 60, I was already at 15. I had to go from 15, 15 to 150 overnight. But two, it was a burden off me. It was freedom. Mm. I could sit at home and work from 6 a.m. to midnight. Again, had to take care of my family. Had to be a good husband. So when, I, when I'm talking, I always those have to be first. Yes. But the point is, life is in seasons. That was a season. My business had to come first, meaning as it were, because if I didn't bring in food, we had no home. You follow what I mean? So sure. me pushing you in a swing came secondary to me getting a client contract at that season in my life at that time. Mm, right. So yes, so I remember it very distinctly. And I think that was the two things. I had freedom overnight. It was like, wow, I'm full-time an entrepreneur. But also I remember, for example, I had a client in Canada that had sent me Mm $40,000. That money was on a hold because it was a wire transfer for some time. Tim, the day I was let go of the UN, I went to my bank. It seemed like 10 times a day. Knock, 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 knock. This is Ramon. How's that wire coming along? I'll be back. Knock, 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 knock. 
Because it wasn't like, oh, yes, I'm getting a check from the United Nations every two weeks. No, 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 no. Daddy had to bring the bacon. Sure. Right. Did you feel did you feel like you were ever in hustle mode or did you just start off as a business owner? Again, not to look down at people that are in hustle mode, but I'm yeah. admitting that I have been in hustle mode. You know, it's it's kind of like I've been super independent. It's just client to client to client. Then when I don't really need clients, I kind of just back off. Then when sure. I need clients, I do a quick launch on in a Facebook group. But did you start off putting systems in place to, like instantly or did you ever go through that up and down? Um, how do I make this consistent? Things like that. Oh yeah, for years, Timothy. Even as, as even as to to this day, Tim, I I have been and, and to define it how I define it, so we can d- define these terms for people listening. Hustle sure. mode for me, not bad. You work hard. You're grinding. You always want to make that money. Many of our friends are like that, Tim, in hustle mode. But I guess the difference, as I hear you're saying, the smart hustle, or other words, is when you kind of have the processes. You're thinking, I have clients. You're mm-hmm. thinking, who can be returning clients? You're thinking, yes. what clients can refer business to me? You're thinking, where will I be? How will I make money in six months? So for me, at the at the minimal, the minimal, and of course, when you're a bigger business, you're thinking of cash flow. You're thinking of your profit and loss statements like this, but at the, right. at the minimal. So right now, today, Tim, over the past one to two to three years, thanks for meeting my friend Mike McCallowitz's book, A Profit First, getting insight from other people. Dave Ramsey, as you know, I've been a lot into leadership on trayleadership.com, listening to his mm-hmm. podcast. I'm now just beginning to unlock, and I've already known it, but I have systems and procedures that I'm trying to implement. I have on my sure. wall, as you've seen in my office, a, it's, I call it's not, I don't know if it's called a vision board, but I've written down three goals, no debt, more pay, more giving. That is the three goals I have for 2020, and I will accomplish it. And on the other side of the curve of the wall, I have my four revenue streams. So these are levers that I know I have to constantly evaluate and pull. Thanks to Corona, as we tape this, the speaking Mm -hmm. part of my revenue is gone. But guess what? The online event production is exploding like a rocket ship. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, As a speaker, and I want to ask you about this because – I don't think it's necessarily something I've talked to you about ever, probably. But as a speaker, what drives you? Because I know that, again, like you said just now, speaking is a big source of revenue. And that's a thing you do. You are a speaker. It's something that I haven't gravitated towards. My passion tends to be coaching and just like mm-hmm. ranting about my thoughts for hours in online products. Um, <laughs> but for you, it's speaking, being on stage, kind of... Con- kind of guys controlling the crowd and, and making things happen and sharing mm-hmm. information that way. What about that drives you? And when did you first realize you could do it? When, when did you become, I don't know. Are you an entertainer? What do you call yourself? Like, you're not like Tony Robbins guy. You're not like trying to do Gary V stop or say, maybe, I don't know. But like, what is like, what are you as a speaker? Sure. I'll answer it in two ways. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, uh, I think, let me see how to, so let me answer it first. What I'm not. Because okay. I think it'll help what I am. Or your, your guys who are listening, you guys can email us or put in the comments, whatever, and give me some advice on this too. But here's what I might, so what I'm not. You mentioned you like coaching. Here's why I don't like coaching. Okay. I am not a long form person. Now sure. this interview, I don't mind doing. I can do interview like this for hours and hours, all day long I can talk. But I'm not the long form person, like introspective, in-depth, your thoughts, mindset. Because I, I know you know it. I don't think it's bad, Tim. There's a huge business about it. Many of my friends do that. My friend, uh, Liz Caruso, uh, Randy Levin, uh, many of these people, uh, uh, Lily, I can mention name after name. So my point being, that's not me. I'm just not the long form coaching, 
mindset. Let's do three hour mastermind with one person. I run from that stuff. It's not me, not me. And as we've done videos, right? Remember you were like, dad, can you just talk more than 30 seconds about what you just said? Yeah. I'm like, nah, I said three bullet points. We're good. Done. Sure. That's me. So that's the, what I'm not just to get a frame of reference. And again, to be clear, that's good stuff. I'm not, it's nothing bad. I'm saying it's just not remote. Okay. Sure. Sure. So what I enjoy doing, Tim, the rush from getting on stage, man, lights, camera, action, or even if it's a webinar that I'll be, that I'm doing, and this is not a webinar, but a webinar where I know there's thousands of people. I feel like Jason Bourne or Jack Bauer, I'm activated. Um, right. Uh, is it a little bit of pride? Maybe, but I don't, I don't like to say, it I don't think it's bad. Cause I think there's many speakers, TD Jakes. I think he enjoys it. It's a rush. He's a preacher. He, that's yeah. his thing. He can right. sit in a conference room one-on-one with somebody and help them, but that's how God designed him to get on stage and impact people. So my point being, Tim, that gets me excited. And it kind of fits mm. because I'm not a detailed person. I'm not strategic meaning in the dot your I's, cross your T's, all that stuff. Yes. That's not me. As you kind of get a sense, we work together. I'm a, you know, me, me and my wife have worked together before and she's not a speaker or anything. I mean, she speaks, but not professional speaker. Point being, you know, they'll be like, Ramon, okay, you're going to speak in 10 minutes. I'm like, cool. Okay. That's all I need to know. Done. That, sure, that's sure, it. That's sure. all I need to know. Other people or my wife or others, maybe you, I don't know. Okay, where am I sitting? What kind of mics is it? What kind of lights is it? Who's out there? What are the... Now, I need to know the audience, of course, things like that. But it's like, right. if it's a topic I know, nah, whether you want to interview me, you want me to talk, we doing Q&A, live on camera, not mm-hmm. I, all those details, totally irrelevant. So have I, have I answered the question? I'm not sure if I got off track. Yeah, no, it does. It's interesting because I don't. I still don't know whether I would consider myself a speaker or not. I've done, I think, about four to five public workshops with about maybe 30 to 50 people at each one. Um, and the energy at mine, of course, are, is just different than yours because you bring out a different kind of energy. Um, but I guess if I had to like compare myself to you, I would say mine is more like philosophical speaking where mm-hmm. people are like, that's an interesting way of looking at things where at the end of your speeches, I think people feel like an emotional impact. Yes. Like I need yes. to listen to this guy, right? I guess where yes. mine are just like, oh, I'm You're the Joel Osteen. I'm the uh, TD Jakes or whatever. <laughs> maybe and I will say too, having seen you though, if you were to do main stage corporate 45 minute speaking, you'd be absolutely good at it. From my judgment. I could not imagine myself doing that. Honestly, like I just, I genuinely do not like performing Mm -hmm. in front of like large crowds. Oh, and you asked about am I performer? So yes. Uh um, I said that once to somebody and they were kind of like a little offended, like you're a performer, like kind of a bad way, but no, that, that is the gift and what I am. Does that mean when, when a brand like Dell hires me to speak, Tim, listen, let's face it. There's 4 million. 782 people who can speak about how to use Twitter better. I mean, mm-hmm. about how to use Twitter. And there's 10,597,000 people who can speak about how to do Instagram posts. Sure. And I can go on like that. It's a dime a dozen what I speak about. Mm-hmm. But what my gift is, my specialty, and I'm, I'm nothing, I'm just saying what my little talent that I have is, I think, sure. is how I deliver it. And that's mm-hmm. why I say people are buying that. So when they hire mm-hmm. Ramon to speak, they're like, oh, he speaks about LinkedIn. He mm-hmm. speaks about how to be a better human. He right. speaks about networking. We're going to fly him from New York, San Francisco, just to learn 10 tips on networking. No, it's because they have thousand people in a room and it's a big budget event and they need someone who can crush the stage, open the event, close the event, make people laugh, feel good. And so in that respect of Tony Robbins, um, him, as far as the big events he has, he, he has had a different path than I have. No, I haven't had huge events like that. 
But yeah, I get Tony Robbins. I get what he's now. He's kind of a mix between you and I. In fairness, you're, to your point, I guess you're right. I'm going back now because he is a bit more cerebral and all that. So I, I thought you meant the energy and stage presence that I think. No, I, I was referring to that with you. With you, okay, I was yeah. talking about, but you not the cerebral sure. part. I'm not to Tony, so you're right. But but who I look at, you know, who my kind of, I as you know, Seth Godin loved his stuff for mm-hmm. years. That's kind of my guy. His style, his presentation. I've learned a lot of marketing. That's my guy. But Steve Harvey, I watch mm-hmm. his videos. I think it's funny. I like him. But that's just who I kind of model, and not because he's black. Sure, I can see that either. Yeah, but yeah, I the humor that. he has, he's all humor. You know, he's not. No matter what he's talking about, if, if he helped a girl that was stuttering, they were laughing still at some point. Everything has to be, to a degree, humor with me. But also, he is a bit, he is a good, you know, he can speak and, and help well, people and get well, people well, out. What I think, well, what I think is, is this, and I listen to your speeches, and if mm-hmm. I can give you some advice, I think here's Please. one thing that could potentially be better, okay. is I think when you talk, there has to be certain impact points. So yes. it's not necessarily, everyone's just like, slow down, speak slower, like Ramon or whatever, like speak slower. Um, I don't think it's always speaking slower. I think that it is when you say certain phrases and certain keywords, you have to let those keywords sit and you have right. to just let the tension sit. And you definitely have moments where you do that, of course. Like, I, you know, I've seen countless mm-hmm. talks from you and been there. Um, you definitely have moments, but I think it has to be like an even balance of energy stuff and, and keeping the vibe up. And that's something you're masterful at. Like, I've never seen a speech of yours where there's an awkward moment. Like, you, you've talked about this. This is, like, what you pride yourself on. Like, if mics are not working and all the lights go out in the room, it's not going to be, oh, everyone's going to be unhappy. We're going to oh, be that's miserable. My that's, that's all me. <laughs> exactly. give, give me that exactly. space. Give me, yeah, yeah, give me that time. Give me that space. Exactly. Yeah, that's me. And yeah. you're right, because I've seen it. You can tell I'm getting excited. See, Timothy, how crazy yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing you say it, and I'm already envisioning the moment. I've yeah, seen yeah. speakers like, oh, okay, okay, guys. I mean, I've even seen you get angry at certain events right. where where that kind of happened, yes, and like yes. maybe one of the main speakers were late and a PowerPoint wasn't working, and you're sitting here looking around like you're, yes. you're trapped in the audience. You're like, why are they not jumping up? And, it's the production and handling it. Yeah, you got sure. it, and, and that's that, and that's the showmanship. I love to produce a show, and I'm not an expert yeah. at it, like Barnum and Bailey, whatever, TED Talk, whatever. You know, but it's just I have people around me. My my friend Liz Caruso, you know, she's an event planner. She can do all that. But the point is, yes, the show part. You know, like radio, another job I'd like to have is to be a radio host, for example. I, I you know, because I know that I know no dead silence. I can make a, I can, you can give me, close my eyes, give me anything out of a bucket, a orange, yes. a baby's diaper, a bottle of water. I'll talk about it. No problem. Sure. That's my gift. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So coming towards the end here, there's two final things I want to talk to you about. Um, one is this. So in, in your journey, as, as I've, kind of moved, I, I left home, I think about five and a half years ago, give or take, mm-hmm. or coming up on six years, I can't tell. Five, no, it's coming up on five years. It's going to be five years in, in June. Um, and you're definitely different than you are now. And in the past two years, I've seen you move very heavily towards being very open in the podcast you did about kind of accepting and saying that it's because of God and your faith that has that is the driving force behind your success and behind kind of the mission and the journey that you're on. Whether that's building your business, you've said like I can see God helping me in that. Um, whether it's helping people and you know being a mentor, um, you've said that and you've been open and unashamed about that. And I think that's awesome. For me, I've always questioned that, not questioned it in terms of doubt, like you're wrong, but I've always questioned how because you know I, I tend to think super practically in my sense, like it's just work ethic. Anyone could do this, but. 
to all the guys on there, we, I had a guy on recently, his name is Dante. He's a friend, kind of a mentor of mine from Voo Church in Miami. And mm-hmm. we talked a lot about faith, but it was a different context because he's not an entrepreneur. So we talked about it more so from self-development. But in the sense of you, dad, the changes you've made to your life and, and the the path you're on right now, which I think is a, real, is a pretty good path. Why are you so confident that it's God that has helped you along this path? And what's, I guess, a message you would say to the people that are maybe on the fence about their spirituality or people that need some kind of inspiration and feel like they don't know, they don't have enough, no one backing them or no one helping them. Mm-hmm. What has that journey been like for you? And, and how is God such an important part of your life? And I'm a Christian as well. The guys who follow me know sure. that. So I, I can empathize with this, but I do have my own struggles with how much do I believe? How much do I follow this? So I'm, this is your mm-hmm. platform to talk about it. What, what, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think I'll tell you why. So I think a few things. I think one, Tim, is that I recall, and I've shared, with you, shared this with you many times, a period of life where I suffered intensely with depression, thoughts mm-hmm. of suicide, and other things. I distinctly sure. remember those opportunities. I was, a very, I was in a very dark space for how long, I don't know, a number of years, whatever it was, while still outwardly you know, doing things in my community and things of this nature, not being a hypocrite at all, just you, know, you have to live your life and move on. You, know, you don't have to walk sure. around like an idiot. Or I shouldn't say like, idiot. You have to walk around wearing how you feel inside, outside. So I recall, though, the period of time, and I won't go into depth. No, I can, but meaning the point is where God, Jesus Christ, touched my life. Mm-hmm. And that changed me overnight. Mm-hmm. I don't suffer with depression. I don't suffer with thoughts of suicide and other things I was going through. Just don't do it. It's just, it's gone, transformed. So sure. that's one catalyst. And I can go deeper, but that's simply it. That is it. That is changing. Mm-hmm. That is, I know that experience like night and day. Uh, and then two, uh, I know for me how it is to have God as my co-pilot, but with him mm-hmm. about two inches ahead of me. So mm-hmm. kind of like Marcus Lemonis, the prophet, he has 51% control. So meaning I got to do the work, of course, it's my business, but you know what I'm trying to say is in a funny way where he's leading it as it were, you get what I'm saying. I think you get what I'm saying. I, yeah, so I'm point is, is that, um, so that's good. So for business, when I wake up and have my, you know, the five things I do, Tim, glass of water, Apple, uh, push up, 50 push-ups, sometimes two or three times a day, read my Bible and pray, five things every day I do, and stretch is part of that, that push-ups part. Um, I want his guidance to run my business. I want him as my partner. How, he, how, much, how much more to have someone so powerful, so awesome as my business partner? And can, having, I add, can I quickly please. add one thing in? Yes. Oh, well, not add, I want to ask, what does that look like? So having God as your partner, having him accompanying you on this journey, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? How do you see signs and how do you see that direction? Well, here's a practical example. I don't know when this will get when this will be released, this talk, but... Um, you got a week from now, maybe. Okay, we're talking right now through the, at the time of the coronavirus or the, the COVID disease, which causes the coronavirus, I think the proper way to say it is. Um, and it crushed my business, speaking, nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I was praying, how do I get through this? What do I do? And that's where I came up with my summit, surviveandthrivesummit.com, Survive and Thrive mm-hmm. Summit. Never before have you seen brands get together like this AT&T, Salesforce, Dell, Microsoft, FreshBooks to be speaking, Yelp. These are big names, all speaking together on a platform. And then other amazing speakers will be part of this. Mm-hmm. I believe this was through prayer divine that God gave it to me. Now, and what I wanted to say also, and I want to quickly, this is not a caveat per se. It is a caveat, but I guess, sure. And I don't have to say this, but it's important that I think I say this. To those who don't believe this, to those that have other religions, to those that don't believe in God. I want to let you know I am one of the most, as it were, in this context, progressive, diverse person, as it were. That's okay. 
I got friends who are atheists. I got friends who believe in all kinds of different things. They live different ways of life. They just things I don't believe in. It's all good. So I just want to underline that. And thank you for giving me the platform. I don't want to pour water on what I just said. But no, in this sure. public context, it's important that I say, this is not a damning argument. I'm not belittling anybody. This mm-hmm. is my journey. You know, just like for you, it could be don't eat meat. You could be vegan. That's great. And it works for you. And I believe in vegan life could be healthy for me. That's not me. I eat me. But we can sure. all live together, love each other, and respect diversity of thought and be together. So mm-hmm. that's so I had to say that, though, because, again, of everybody's not in line with how I think as a Christian. But I do want to say to my friends, many different faiths or who believe nothing or who hate Christians, we can still be human and be, be nice to people. I can still help you with your groceries. I'll still help you launch an online campaign. But I am a Christian, yeah. and God has changed my life, and he is a partner and helped me run my business. Amazing. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, and then I kind of want to hear what you've got going on and where all these amazing people listening can find your stuff. I mean, I already know, but and I'll say it at the beginning of the podcast before you get on here, but I want to hear from you. But before I get to that, I want to ask you one more thing. What is your advice for me? Um, just, I don't know, like dad advice for Tim. You know my life. I'm getting married. Mm-hmm. I have a business. Um, trying to do well with that. Um, what do you think I should do to get to the next steps in life? I'm 25, so I have the next, hopefully if I don't die, the next couple of years to solidify my ne- my future and stuff. Um, what do I need to do? I think, I'll try to give it in three ways if I remember all three, because I have a short mm-hmm. memory as you know too. <laughs> but I think one... I think, uh, and I already forgot some of the ways, but I think one is, I, my advice to you, one thing that you can do better, I think is just be more open to listen and take action on what you've heard. Hmm. Not everybody, but be more willing to say, you know, let me contemplate this and assume that I could be wrong because I'm trying to discipline myself to this, that let me, uh, Timothy's saying, I need to turn around and walk backwards. Right. Instead of me saying no, let me assume I'm wrong, at least give it some thought and I may even try it then at least I can say it wasn't for me. No problem. That's one advice I have to do that. I think two, and I'll talk about business first for you. I would say you have, Tim, a thriving mega of potential. You're well-spoken. You're smart. You have an existing community. You've built a community before. It's morphing, but you built one and you've sold stuff to the community, et cetera. So you have a foundation of epic possibility, a rubber band. You're already doing good, but meaning talking about the future, a rubber band that's pulled back and cocked. It just needs to be released the right way in the right direction. So I encourage you to build a business. And this is the thing that mo- that separates us who hustle between those who are growing a business. Because in 30 years, 40 years, if you want, now you may not want, and I'm not one of these people, build a $10 million company to get a million dollars just for the sake of the number, no. But as Mike McCallowitz, profit first, talking about the business end, if you do that, just you, Timothy, and a core of two or three people can have a yes. nice steady stream of 250 to a million dollars in revenue and high profit, but you'll still have to, this is not where you're not working all day. You know, you're just getting a servant, bring you food. No, no, no. But I mean, well, you're having good profit, living a life you want and things sure. you have a machine. And that's right, a beautiful, right. like Murray Forleo. Well, you may not know her, but other people in that. No, I do. Murray Forleo, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so that's one about business. I think as far as life, Tim, man, I just say, keep being a good person, man. Love, love the lady of your life. Be in touch with family. Hey, how are you? I care about you. You know, just always do that. And I think, and of course, honor God, but you'll be good because life is pretty simple, man. You're good to people. You listen to people, empathetic. Mm-hmm. Don't put people down. Life is easy. You, you die a happy sure. man because when you're sure. old and you need people, they'll always flock to you. But if you've lived a life as a total jerk, 
other words I do want to say, but God won't let me right now. It just, it just, it's, it's tough. Either you'll have people like me who won't tell you that they just ignore you. Cause that's my, I'm, I'm a non-confrontational person. Meaning with you, I can, I know I can argue in peace. So I don't you, mind. You just said you're non-confrontational. You, you physically well, enjoy fighting me and well, everyone my age. Well, that's different. Yeah. I mean, I like, well, let me phrase. I'm a non-verbal confrontation people, but yes, if there's okay. some young guy who's 21 years old and ripped and think he's all that, it's my desire to punch him dead in the throat and put him down in, in a fun right. way. So yeah. In a fun way. Yeah. Um, no, continue. You, you were saying, be, yeah, you were talking about but yeah, life. I was just, no, that's it. I was saying, that's it. Listen to the, the advice. Listen to people. Be more open mm-hmm. to listen and think you could be wrong yes. in a genuine, humble way. Two, your business side, build a business. And there's no right way to do it, but the systems and referral and have a database of customers and consistency, sales right. and marketing, your team, all these things are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three, be a good person. By that, what I mean is your family, your lady, your, as you get married, yourself, God, I'm putting all that together. And, and yeah. you know, so, but all that part is more important and most important, just your personal well being and part of that, your health too, things mm-hmm. of that nature. And that's, and life is simple. We wake up, we're around, our, we wake up first with ourself, well, first with God, then we have ourself. Sure. We may look around, look to our left or right and have somebody in bed with us or not, but then we patter down the hallways and have somebody proverbially with us, family, friend, whoever. And then we open the door and there's the world. Mm-hmm. And we interact with these people go to bed and do it again until we're 85 or 90, then we die. That's yeah. it. That's life. Amazing. That's a great, yeah, that's a great summary. Last, uh, so, Dad, where can people find your stuff? I know you have smarthustle.com, and I know you have a bunch of cool things going on, but you you have things going on in different places oftentimes, mm-hmm. so I guess you could tell everyone where is the best place where we can find you and people can look at what you've got going on. Sure. In a nutshell, listen, if you go to smarthustle.com, every Thursday at 2 p.m. I have an email that comes out, which people tell me is inspirational. So mm-hmm. you can just, you'll see a pop-up come or some other ways to get to it. You can figure it out and you can uh, subscribe to my email newsletter, but smarthustle.com or I think ramonemail.com is how you can sign up to my email newsletter. That's probably the best thing anybody can do, my email newsletter. Uh, so yeah, smarthustle.com awesome. too. Uh, RamonRay.com. That's where you can kind of, I don't post a lot of content there. That's a, a landing page really for my speaking, but you can kind of get a sense and see some videos and things I've done. Uh, this interview will be there once it goes live. I'll embed nice. it there. Um, so RamonRay.com. Uh, and then all social platforms. Um, if you look really, really hard, like really hard, you can even see me on TikTok. So um, wait, what? <laughs> You're on. See, oh dear. But but oh, but moving on. The main platforms: LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Yeah. But I'd look forward to anybody who I can help in in the Tim uh, Ray audience uh, community. Um, it's it's been a, it's been a blessing and an honor to jam with you and share, and an honor being your dad, your friend, and uh, and you are a success, and you will continue to be a major success. Thank you. Is there a, is there an exclusive mentorship program coming out where you're doing one-on-one mentorships with people for about yeah. a year? If you go to uh, timramon.com <laughs> and uh, for $4,995, uh, you can sign up for the uh, program. That's the price today. But if it's you one wait call. And sign up tomorrow, yeah, one call. If you wait and sign up tomorrow, it's only $7,842 uh, at the, we'll give you a coupon for that. <laughs> all right um this has been great dad thank you again for coming on i'm sure i'll probably have you on another one because this was really fun um it was a good time i will i'll see Mutual. all you amazing people later don't forget to check out my dad ramon ray go to smarthustle.com and i'll talk to you guys in the next one peace